Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hope you have had a good week and you're enjoying this lovely sunshine that we've got. Nice, isn't it? So, um, over the last month or so, we've been taking a journey trying to basically come to terms terms with our true identity and we've been encouraged to accept our own sacredness as well as acknowledging the sacredness in all things and everybody else Um, because we understood that we'll neither love or save that which we do not experience as sacred. We were reminded of the oneness that we share with all things, that we carry the same DNA as If you remember a few weeks ago, it was the acorn that had dropped off the tree and was in the grass around. And you're saying, actually, what's in that little acorn is the same that's in us. It's really quite incredible, uh, remarkable. We're all connected and that we are not merely a drop in the ocean, but we're the entire ocean in a drop. I mean, these are incredible things if we can get our heads around them and embrace them. We learned that our deepest me is God. We are light and we need to let that light shine. We also reclaimed the word enlightenment because we understood that it's just the capacity to see things differently. And light isn't something we should look at directly. Like I was, when we were singing, I'm thinking, I haven't a clue where I am, it's so bright up here. Because all it does is give you blind spots. And it has, I've proved it. But basically what the light's meant to do is illuminate everything around so we can see better. It enables us to see, and then it also helps us to hear the echoes, those noises from our past wounds that constantly reverberate within our mind. So the light enables us to see our woundedness and to hear those echoes. And we were taught that echoes only bounce off hard surfaces. And uh, if we want to stop those echoes, one of the things that we can do quite simply is to learn to soften our hearts and become vulnerable. And it was lovely last week, particularly when we saw the vulnerability of people on their journey and how that had brought healing to them. So often our hardness, though, is created by protection mechanisms that we feel we cannot live without, but those very things are destroying us because they stop the love getting through. So we will never fix what we're unaware of, but if we're willing to let the light make us aware of those things, then it will give us the opportunity to choose alternatives that are available that we might make a different truth for ourselves. That is what's called freedom, and it was for freedom that Christ set us free. So our task is not to fix the entire world, but to stretch out to mend the part of the world that is within our reach. And that is starting with 
ourselves. So we're going to start tonight by saying this. If trauma can be passed down through generations, then so can healing. But in order to do this, we must surrender to something beyond ourselves. And that is surrendering to an unconditional love. Now in this next clip, where we're going to start, we see that where there is great love, there's always miracles. But they do not rest so much in the healing power coming from afar, but more often in our own perceptions being finer. So we want to start with the great encouragement. Your chains can fall off, but you might have to start by doing something you believe you cannot do. And whether it's from the bullying echoes of your past memories or into the dreams of your future, you will need to run into the arms of unconditional love. Now, we have a lot to share tonight, so we may run a little over time, but I'm sure you're going to find it worth it. And don't worry, kids, you'll still get your half an hour in life zone. So let's carry on. Thank you. Thanks, Leah. Appreciate that. As we said last week, the problem is not the history that we live in, but it's the history that lives in us. Uh, a couple of things um, just to say. For those of you who know my good friend Bob Seymour, he passed away, went to be with the Lord on Thursday afternoon. Um, so he's, I have some sadness. He's been such a good friend. And um, at my most difficult times when I thought the people that I was part of would mostly gather around me, I found quite the opposite. Most of them ran away. But people like Bob stood up and said, if anybody's going to sling any mud, it'll hit me first. Um, where many people said, if there's mud going to be slung, I'm out of here because I don't want any mud on me. So um, for those of you who knew Bob, it's, um, we just appreciated his life and wanted you to know uh, the situation. Also, uh, I love technology and hate technology. I love it because of what it gives us the capabilities to do, and I hate it because of what it provides that stops us doing some of the things that could be done better. For example, what we are pursuing right now on a Wednesday night in understanding the Christ is phenomenal, important, incredible. Um, and uh, we get so many people watching online, which is fine, but that doesn't help us when we're here. So we'd love to see you on a Wednesday. Um, whatever our impressions of the Bible, and I think the problem is um, Christianity as a religion has distorted our ability to read the Bible effectively in that it has given us a preconceived lens through which we try and interpret scriptures rather than allowing them to be what they are. And uh, for example, it, it, it's really, really interesting that, that in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which was his major message to people, he never one time told us what we're supposed to believe. He only told us what if you catch the Christ in you, you will do. And yet we've made it all about what we believe and the pressure of what we believe. So, so when we see it, sometimes we don't understand. And yet the Bible is rich with, um, with, with life lessons and life illustrations. And one of those really connects to where we are tonight when we talk about um, echoes. Because there's a story in Luke chapter 18 of um, the Bible calls him a rich young ruler. 
who came to Jesus. You know, in essence, he had money, position, recognition, fame. He at least thought he was somebody, and probably other people thought he was somebody. But in the midst of having all that, he approached Jesus with the question, what do I have to do to get eternal life? Now, I don't know whether his question was based on how we would understand or have been given to understand issues like hell and heaven because he was a Jew and Hebrew thinking didn't work like that. I think what he was really saying is I have life and I have money and I have position, I have recognition, but there's something just not quite right. There's just something missing and of course, the tendency is for all of us when there's something missing in our lives, we, we are going to chase it, but very often we are chasing for what it is we're looking for in all the wrong places because um, I believe at the core, we are actually spiritual. Now, I don't separate between, you know, carnal and spiritual, but at the core, the real us is that bit on the inside. And we try to mask that and we try to medicate it by stuff which can be anything from, you know, hardlining heroin to, uh, to not being able to miss a game of football, whatever. We medicate, we medicate what it is that we need. And so this, this guy was approaching Jesus in that measure. What, what do I have to do to find what's missing? And uh, it was interesting because um, uh, when Jesus talked to him, you know, of course, he's, he's People will quote to you, Jesus said, you know, uh, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and then you'll have riches in heaven. And I've wrongly misinterpreted that, that Jesus had a problem with the man's wealth, which is not the truth. What Jesus had a problem with is where the man's heart was and where he found his security in his life, knowing that if something didn't change, that was not going to sustain him when the chips were down. So, so, so... Jesus said something to him which was interesting because he said, one thing you lack. So this guy seems to have everything. You might feel tonight you've pretty much got your life together, but, but the one thing you lack is usually the issue that makes the difference between our inner peace, our, our relationship with the divine, and, and our being always on the brink of, 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 of falling off the ladder. One thing you lack but it's interesting, the one thing he lacked was not to get rid of his money. That was not the, that was not the point that Jesus was making. Because Jesus' comment had nothing to do with money in his bank balance, but more to do with the deficiency in his heart, the internal and not the external. What Jesus' point was this, you lack the willingness to let go. The very thing that you are chasing to fill the hole that you're trying to fill is the very arena where you might need to have the willingness to let go. So back to what I said at the beginning, we, we unavoidably all live in history and that's not a problem, we can't change that. But we can change the history that lives in us and we've all been shaped by the history that lives in us. The, the, the things that have happened, the experiences that we have had, the disappointments, the, the, the confusions and also the elations and sometimes elations are just as much because when we get elated we think, oh that made me elated therefore this is it. And so by all of those things, the good and the bad, we find that that gets in us. But the one thing we all lack in the context of our spiritual renewal, of the true inner peace, of the connection with, with God, the God who is, Jesus said is good, 
the one thing that we all lack when we get down to it is the willingness to let go. And so part of the challenge tonight is I want to challenge into you, if you want the answer, if you want your life to blossom, if you want freedom from the echoes and you're prepared to, to soften your heart, the question is, are you willing to let go? Do you have a willingness to let go of what it is about history that binds you. He couldn't and wouldn't let go of the thing he thought protected him from his pain, his poverty, his rejection. And I'm going to throw another word in which I'll talk about in my next session. The problem of his autonomy. Autonomy is your individual right to decide. It can bring you to life or it can bring you to death. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when I get up again. Can't tell you how tempted I was to put three pieces of white insulation tape on my head tonight. Although there's no way you're getting me sitting like that, how he sits like that for all that time. I can't even sit up straight for two minutes without fidgeting, never mind that. But very, very wise words. Um, and we've got a little exercise at the end just to try and help some of you with the very process so that by received love we can engage in something that might help us to release the echoes of the past and, and give us an essence of, of, of freedom within it. I mentioned at the end of my last talk about this word autonomy and um, one thing that we've fought for very much and it doesn't always go down well is to, is to free all of you from the shackles of two things. First of all, the old covenant law of Moses written on stone that thou shalt not some must nots and have to comply this way, that way. And the second one from uh, both perceived and, uh, and unspoken religious pressure that makes us still feel that somehow we have to perform, we have to pretend and, and that somehow we earn our validity through the stuff we do. Now, as a pastor, I have to say I don't like that because it means there's no leverage for getting people to do what you'd like them to do. But having said that, I'm very pleased that we are there. But what it releases is this thing called autonomy, right? We have tried to help you to come to a place where you have the confidence and the willingness to make decisions for yourself so that I am not a guru making your decisions for you. And also, in some sense, neither is the Bible or anything else. But by what you receive you're able to evaluate that, take that, understand, and make decisions for yourself. However, um, autonomy is not always a good thing. So I am in no way wanting to say, I don't want you to have autonomy to make decisions, because you should be able to make decisions. But there is a problem that comes um, by default when we embrace a position of autonomy. And I'm going to show you what I mean by breaking down the word. The first part of the word autonomy is auto. Auto means that you are now in a frame of mind and heart where something happens automatically. Okay? So it's going to happen now because we have set in place a system that that will be the automatic response. But the next word in autonomy is the word no. 
So the problem is if we don't understand truly how to, how to use autonomy in the right way as a person trying to be whole and bring wholeness in our world, what it becomes is an automatic no to everything. I don't have to. The answer is no. Now, I'm fully appreciative, and, uh, and someone shared this, and I think this is a beautiful statement, that sometimes no has to be a complete sentence, and I utterly agree that sometimes we have to say no. The problem is we can become so automatically accustomed to saying no that actually our first response to everything is no because something else has happened. You see, the last part of autonomy is auto-no-me. Right? My or me. So at the centre of all our, our decisions becomes me and my. Now, that's a problem to me, not because I don't want that to be recognised, but if you know anything about science, biology, nature, creation, ecology, you will know that me and my is dangerous because everything is part of something, and if the no exercises the me to an extent where the me no longer plays its part within the whole, then what you have done is separated yourself and everything that becomes separated and independent in life dies. You don't want to be the wildebeest at the back of the group. Because when you're separated, that's the ones, the lions target. That's the ones they pick off. And our bodies, wherever our bodies are not connected, if your body ceases to be connected in a way that it receives the flow of blood that flows through the whole body that is the life, you will get gangrene and that part of your body will die. And if you don't cut it off, it will kill the rest of the body. There is in our meanness and our minus a great danger that actually we set ourselves in a process that doesn't bring us life, but it begins to continually and increasingly separate us from the very things that would give us life, so that by the time we need to experience that life, we've already removed ourselves from what it was that would give the flow. Autonomy seems to emphasize the power to say no rather than the willing choice to say yes. And again, I want you to be autonomous. We want autonomy, the right to decide. But true spiritual autonomy that links the whole man with how the universe works and how you can become whole has to work not on the power to say no, but rather the willingness to say yes. You see, the yes must replace the no for you to be healed. Now, the problem is, when our history affects us and we get the echo, the echo makes us say, no, I will not be hurt like that again. No, I will not trust again. No, I will not forgive again. No, I will not be friends again. No, I will not be vulnerable again. So what happens is that our auto no me, to protect me... I have to say no, and it begins to happen automatically, so then I don't know how to say yes. Now, again, let me talk about, uh, about the Bible. One of the things I've recognized within the context of the narrative of Scripture, whether you believe it's, you know, written by God, inspired, whatever, whatever, whatever you believe, the issue is there is a pattern through the whole thing. And the pattern that runs through is that change happened when people learned to say yes. 
Because in saying yes, they knew they had the right to say no, but they were exercising the the willingness to say yes because of what may and what could happen. You see, we can't get beyond where we are unless we take the risk of what could be. That's why Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you. Take the risk to say yes rather than the auto no because of me protecting and something will happen. So we have a Bible that's full of people like I believe creation said yes. That's why it's all here. Somehow it said, yes, we'll have some of that. A guy called Abraham. God said, leave your country, people, father's house. His whole identity, his whole security was locked up in that. But because he said yes, something changed. Let's take one other that I absolutely love. The whole story of the Virgin Mary and the birth of Jesus is based around a yes. In spite of fear, in spite of concern, in spite of, 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 of uh, 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 not knowing, there is a, a yes. Because she realized if I don't say yes, I'll never become what it is that I could become. Now, yes is scary. Yes is much more scary than no. Because no is a shutdown word. Yes is an open door word. Yes, yes is opening the future. No is keeping us connected to the past. So whenever we have auto no me in that form, it will always keep us connected to our past and therefore we will never have the yes that releases us into something else. I believe that the inner you and the inner me was built to thrive on yeses. Not the negatives of the no, but the positives of the yes. And that there is value as we do that. So, I've got one other thing for you. A bit corny, but it's good. Why not have a bit of corniness? I'd like to change the way we spell autonomy from auto-know-me to auto-know-me. From auto-no-me to auto-k-n-o-w me. So that the automatic reaction is not no and o but k and o. I want to be known, I want to know, and out of that I want the me to come from the knowing, but the knowing will only come from the yes. And when the yes comes there is the knowing of yourself. Let me give you one last little thought. When you look in a mirror, what do you see? What does the mirror tell you about you? The truth is the mirror tells you absolutely nothing. And yet you walk away from the mirror of your life, the mirror of your experience, the mirror of history, the mirror of events, saying, oh, it's terrible. You know, I just feel so bad about myself. I feel so rejected. I feel so ugly. I feel so undeserving, I feel so unwanted, I feel so incomplete. The mirror didn't tell you anything. Mirrors don't talk. The only one talking was you. And your auto-N-O-M-E was telling you, no, I'm not acceptable, no, I'm not loved, no, this cannot work. No, how can God be real? No, how can this change my life? No. But when you go to the auto K-N-O-W, I know that this is true. It's a different kind 
of no. So don't let the no of your humanity, the N-O of your humanity, destroy the K-N-O of your spirituality. You've got to relearn the goodness of yes. And I believe if you just learn that tonight and say, yes, I will, and I'm willing that something can be released. I pray that will touch your heart and spirit and that you will be auto K-N-O-W me. All right, so call to action. What is holding your house down? If you're going to fly, then you're going to have to jettison uh, that which is holding you down. Now, what was interesting about that film is that you looked at the wonderful book and it's got all the lovely memories and we're thinking, why throw out lovely memories? We're not asking you to do that, but we're wanting you to see it in the light of what we're talking about. Even good things that have become a memory that you're holding on to can still hold you down. But what we're wanting to do is get lift. We want you to fly. There is a, a, a meme, I don't know whether it's up there, but it's one that I wrote down this afternoon. If we do not repair our own injuries, then we will be of no help to others. And the issue was with uh, the guy in the film that he couldn't go and help Russell or help somebody else unless that he could get lift uh, for himself. So what we're going to do, we've got, bring them up onto the stage. Let the lights get the colour. Come on, we've got our own, we've, we've got our own, I bet they're going to try and get up the stairs with them as well. You could, <laughs> well done. Awesome. So what we're going to do is uh, like that uh, clip we saw with, with Dandy Panny. That's a name and a half. I don't think you'll forget that in a while. Dandy Panny. Um, he was saying how emotions could be transferred onto paper. Now, what we're not going to do is have a, a, a bonfire in the middle of the stage, so don't worry. But we do have a basket. And what I really would like, and we're taking this very seriously, um, I'll say to the children, don't you worry about the balloons because you can have one later. I've got some in the back for you. But this is a very serious moment. If, as we've done this uh, course of teaching over these last few weeks, if, if the light has shone on some of those wounds from your past and you're thinking, yes, the light has shone on it and I'm aware of it and I actually want to address this, then what we want you to do is maybe come take a bit of paper and write down something on there. It doesn't have to be a lot. We don't want a, a, an epic because, in fact, none of us are going to read it. It's something that you are willing to say, it is this. And then what happens, you can take your piece of paper, fold it up, put it in the basket, and then you're going to go and get a balloon. And then as Joel sings his last song, he's going to be singing about, I'm going to surrender to love and live again you can take that balloon and let it go. And I don't care if we've got 25 balloons on the ceiling and how long they stay there, but what it will be showing is that you have made the effort to distance yourself from that which has held you down and you're actually making the, the effort to say, I will let it go and I will let my, rather than auto know me, to be a, a yes and I'm willing to make the effort to let it go and let healing come for me. So, I know that seems very vulnerable, but 
I believe that some of you have had a moment over these last few weeks where you've thought, yes, I, I know that that is something that I need to do and it's going to be the start of my healing. So I'm going to ask Joel to come and, uh, and if, please take it seriously. Like I say, the children can have balloons in the back. I've done, done some for you. But I would like this to be a serious moment uh, when basically you can say, right, this, this is a new day for me. Um, some of us don't feel that we can change the endings of stories, but actually we can. Let your, whatever it was that wounded you, how about you re rewriting the end and giving it a heroic ending in order that you might fly and that you might get lift. And that's what we want uh, for, for you today. So let rage turn to peace, let pain change to power, let fear change to courage, hate to love, and let's get some lift tonight. So Joe will come and, come and sing, and we're going to do that together. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash QChurchYork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.